It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important stories. An early childhood taxing district. What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. And so they make deal, and they typically make deals with the big guys. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. I am Kim Munson. We're going to be talking about some very important things going on out there. But what a day. This is uh, this is going to be Liberty Toastmasters Day. And in studio with me is one of my favorite people in the world, Brad Beck. It's great to have you here. Well, thanks, Kim. Happy Friday the 13th, a beautiful morning, the big moon out there. I'm looking forward to a great day. It's going to be a great day for sure. These are some of the most beautiful days in Colorado. They are. I love the fall. Just gorgeous. So, And uh, Brad, we, we talk about freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And I know that that's something near and dear to your heart as well. Absolutely. Well, anytime you look at an issue, whether it's a local or state or federal issue, I always look at it through the lens of freedom versus force. Does it give me more freedom or is it taking away my freedom? And that is so critical to looking at any issue. Well, and freedom and liberty, you know, they're very close. And freedom, liberty, it's the responsible use of those things Correct. when we're looking at this. It's not just willy-nilly that you do in anything. Uh, we're going to be talking about this uh, clean water rollback yeah. that uh, President Trump did here in, in a few minutes. And uh, so we'll, we'll dissect that as freedom versus force um, because we certainly – everybody wants clean water. Absolutely. Um, but what happens many times is – um, the narrative hides behind what's really going on when it is force. So socialism ultimately comes down to force. And uh, I, di- I did not watch the, the, de- the... I did for you. Did, did you watch it? How, it took what? a little brain damage, but... And he uh, still has that nauseated look. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I watch something like this, I try to have an open mind to hear what they're saying rather than let my bias come out. But after one, then two, then three, then four, then all of them saying the same thing, I wonder, do they really understand what office they're running for? And did you see the freedom versus force playing out in that debate last night? Total force. I mean, when they start talking about taking away your guns, and that's the fundamental thing that protects every other right, you have a problem. They don't understand that. Then they start talking about giving democracy dollars out. Uh Well, there's a problem ready to happen. Because you're forcibly taking money from one person and then you're you're doling it out in a different way. So there's that force right there. So okay, well we'll we'll talk about that. You know, as as I was doing the promo on this, Brad, you know, Ronald Reagan brought down the Berlin Wall with words and uh, words deliver ideas. And with Liberty Toastmasters, you are one of the co-founders of that, and you're helping people get their brains around ideas and be able to articulate them, uh, because I would much rather have debates than be fighting in the street. Absolutely. Well, back in 1981, Ronald Reagan was at Notre Dame University giving a commencement speech, and he said something that the domestic press didn't get, but the foreign press did, especially the Soviets. He said, the West will not contain communism. We will transcend it. That's huge. Tass and and the Daily Prava, they all got it. They understood where Reagan was going. Our American press, it went right over their head because they weren't listening. 
Reagan fundamentally changed the dynamic with his words. Well, and that's why I think Liberty Toastmasters is doing something so great. So in the third and fourth segment, we will have a number of the Liberty Toastmasters North members calling in. We've given them, uh, we do table topics. It's typically about two minutes, and it's normally impromptu. Uh, although we have given the subject out, they can change. They can talk about something different. But we've got uh, several of them calling in. It's going to be really fascinating. And I learned so much. I don't always agree. You know, we don't always agree with uh, what people are saying. Right. But we're always very respectful. And we learn from each other. And the other thing you mentioned was listening. Uh, and that's another component of Liberty Toastmasters is learning to listen. Yeah, and they don't teach a course on listening. But at Toastmasters, we have roles for that. And they're called the evaluator and the general evaluator. And it's all about listening and understanding what people are saying and trying to help them be better communicators. Because after all, that's why people come to Toastmasters, to not only be better communicators, but to be, learn how to be better listeners. Well, and it's, it's really changed my life. I've been a, a member for a number of years. And uh, so, let's see. So the Liberty Denver, Liberty Toastmasters Denver meets the first and third Saturdays of each month at 10 o'clock down at the Independence Institute. Tomorrow will be the meeting of Liberty Toastmasters North. They meet the second and fourth Saturdays, right? And my weekends are busy. Yes, they are. <laughs> and, and so where will the meeting be tomorrow? That's at the American Legion. We moved to a new location. And that's at 315 South Bowen, B-O-W-E-N. And that's in Longmont. Okay, and that will be at 10 o'clock, and uh, just drop by. Yeah. Uh, we love having guests. So Absolutely. let's jump in here, sure. though. Uh, you know, as we look at these things, uh, freedom versus force, force versus freedom, socialism ultimately comes down to force. And, Brad, if something's such a great idea, you shouldn't have to use force. No, not at all. Anytime you have somebody putting a gun to your head and saying, you're going to do this, that's not freedom. Anytime you have the force of law behind it, you have the police or any other entity that has a monopoly on force, that is not giving people the choice to make a decision whether it's better for their life or not. And speaking of that, we are doing additional research on this, but this is something that took my breath away the other day because uh, when I was on city council uh, in my community, I started to see this, this movement to try to get people out of their cars, move people into transit, into onto, onto trains, buses, bikes. And uh, so the other day I had gone out to uh, pick up one of my World War II veterans. And uh, I was down by where the, the, the Southeast Light Rail Extension is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going out to Parker. And around the corner from that parking structure, I saw a, a, a law enforcement vehicle. And on the side it said transit police. It took my breath away because police powers... We need to be very judicious in who we give police powers to. Now, I know that there needs to be security on light rail, but when I saw the word police, that kind of took my breath away. And so we're going to do some more research on that. But uh, I want to say thank you to producer Steve. Friday, it seems like just yesterday, it was Monday morning and you were whining. And now today it's Friday. I don't whine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I am thrilled. Yes, and because we got through another week, and actually this week was pretty darn good. Well, most of us, you're implying that some aren't. <laughs> some have different challenges and whatnot, but you know, <laughs> this one was right down the line. That's great, especially with the t- uh, the tone that we tried to set on Wednesday, it being nine eleven. 
Yeah, and Charlie, boy, he did an amazing job all day long on just the reverence for 9-11. So thank you. And so thank you to the team. Thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie for all your good work and keeping this train on the track. And to each of you listeners out there, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you have anything you want to say to me, you can email me at americhicks.com. And I greatly appreciate you. You each are valued. You're treasured. You have a purpose. And so go out there and do that today and strive for excellence. Uh, heart, soul, mind, and body every day. Uh, so, well, it's um, oh, a couple of things. Monday night, I am so excited. Uh, Jason McBride, President of Wealth Management, and I, and Jeff Hirsch from New York are going to be doing a nuts and bolts uh, event. It's going to be giving kind of the nuts and bolts on how to take care of your own economic prosperity. That's at Waters, Wedge, at Waters Edge Winery. Great place. <clears throat> and you know that. Yep. Jen Hewlin, she does a great job. And uh, so if you'd like to sign up, go to my website, americhicks.com. You can sign up there. And that's going to be a great event. And then next weekend, I'm going to be in Grand Lake. Starting on Monday will be uh, the the kickoff for U.S. Constitution Week up in Grand Lake. And I'm going to go up on Friday. I'll be there for the meet and greet with Kevin Sorbo. Uh, You know, he uh, he used to be Hercules. Yeah. And uh, he will be the uh, the keynote speaker on Saturday. And we are giving away a block of four tickets. The value of that is $300. That's for the meet and greet on Friday evening. And then VIP seating at the main event on Saturday. There's going to be a parade, the main event, a music festival, Kansas City Barbecue. We'll be having a competition. And uh, then uh, there will be a fabulous uh, a fire uh, fireworks display over the lake on uh, Saturday night. So if you are interested in signing up, we'll do the drawing next Wednesday. Again, go to my website, americhicks.com. You can sign up for that drawing. It's going to be pretty special. I bet it is, and Grand Lake's a great place to do that. Oh, I tell you. I say that's where God is showing off. <laughs> it is so beautiful up there. <clears throat> so since you're here, Brad Beck, I'm thinking about communication. Communication is so important to be able to get your brain around these ideas and to be able to communicate them. You are a master at that. Um, but so I, I went and I thought, who, I Googled, who's some great communicators? And of course, normally I quote many of them, but Jack Welch, you may remember him. He was captain and one of the captains of industry. He was the chairman and CEO of General Electric, and he took that company to record levels of growth in revenue and profits. And Welch's messages were replete with references t- uh, to the need for unremitting continuous improvement, and uh, am- among other things. But this is one of his quotes. He said, There's no such thing as work-life balance. There are work-life choices, and you make them, and they have consequences. You know, we make choices on how we're going to live each day. And uh, sometimes I I think work-life balance is important. However, sometimes I think people hide behind that and and then try to make a claim on somebody else's work-life choice. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, a lot of times you have to look at it from a perspective of your customers, if you're in business, are tethered now on a phone 24-7. If they've got something on your mind, you've got to answer them. I mean, otherwise, you have no value that you bring to uh, the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So you have to be accessible. And I am tethered 24-7. However, if the phone rings and it's my wife or my daughters or my son, you know, I pick up. Mm -hmm. I excuse myself and say, this is important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's figuring out which is the best way to work with people and give them the value that they're looking for. Otherwise, why are you in business? You're there to serve your customer. Well, and if somebody is making that choice to work, like you say, 24-7, so that they can become a success, 
then and then why would we think that we would have a claim through taxation and fees uh, because you've worked more hours maybe you've been make more money you've been more successful why then do we need through public policy and, and we saw this with the graduated income tax or with the progressive income tax and you know that that quote goes under you know the rich need to pay their fair share well, maybe they got rich because they were working 24-7 instead of just eight hours. This person's made this choice that they will be paid this much, but they're going to work eight hours and then they're going to take, you know, do whatever with their their time. And that's okay. But I've always been really concerned about that graduated income tax, which is, uh, well, the income tax is in the Constitution now, but that graduated progressive income tax I think is really unfair. Well, you think about, you know, your fair share. What does that mean? You know, if you look at the tax code and the way it's written and what people actually pay in their local, state, federal taxes, and every time you buy something, there's taxes. I mean, we're taxed to the hilt. There is nobody who is more for the free market than a small businessman. Mm -hmm. Those folks take risk every day. The folks that are out there selling to consumers, the consumers has a choice. They can go online or they can walk in a store. Capitalism free markets, the ability to buy from somebody who serves you, that gives you value, that trades value for mm-hmm. value, that to me is is paramount in what America is all about because somebody from any country in the world can come here, become a citizen, open up a small store or have a service, and then work their butt off and have the American dream. Isn't that fabulous? You can't do that anywhere else. It is, and you see that all the, all the time. You go up and down uh, the street, and you see these little strip malls, and you see all these little businesses. And that's one other thing on the freedom versus force, is from a government standpoint, we have at the state level, at the county level, and at local levels, <clears throat> economic development offices, where we take, are taking money via force uh, from people, and we are paying salaries for people to, quote, unquote, go out and do economic development. Well, and then ultimately what that whole thing is, is picking winners and losers. You have uh, government officials, bureaucrats go out and they make, de- and they make deals with different businesses. And the, it's always with the big businesses or normally with the big businesses. So that little guy out there uh, is paying business personal property tax. You know, he's getting up and, you know, working 24-7 almost. And then you've got government out there saying to big business, we're going to take less from you because you're a big business. There's something inherently unfair about that. No, absolutely. And even where I live, uh, you know, they have land that uh, they're trying to develop and bring in some big boxes as an anchor. Well, the big box is giving, getting all kinds of uh, freebies, if you will. Mm -hmm. They're getting deferments on taxes. They're getting all types of things that normally, if you or I were to open a business in my community, you would not get. You'd have to go through all the hoops. But, oh, Mr. Big Box, come on in. Now, I'm not anti-Big Box. They bring a lot Mm -hmm. to the forefront. But by the same token, shouldn't it be fair? You know, the, the folks that are always talking about fairness, well, who gets to decide? Who pays? Who benefits? And what's fair? And if it's you're dealing with an elected official, you at least have somebody you can go to. When you're dealing with a bureaucrat, somebody who's in an office that makes a decision, like you said, economic mm-hmm. development, how's that fair? Well, and if you really look at the big picture on that, you're forcibly forcing this little business to go jump through all these hoops, and you are you know, taking money via taxation and rules and regulations. And if you're saying the big box, hey, we're realizing that if you, you uh, pay less, you don't have to jump through all these hoops – then that's better for your business. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, well, maybe instead of giving this guy a special deal 
and and not the little guy, maybe just lower all that across the spectrum, make it fair across the spectrum. Mr. Big Box is going to come in, and then you will all also see your little businesses thrive and flourish. Yeah. Well, and, and they have a team of folks in the in a big box scenario where they have lawyers and HR people and all kinds of people in their in their um, corporate offices to take care of things. An independent businessman, they have themselves. They can't afford to do this on their own. So it's twice as hard, maybe five times as hard, because they're working for themselves and they're working to to provide for their families. And yet, when you start working with some of the bigger corporations, and again, I'm not against big corporations, but they've got people that do this. And so it's it's inherently unfair the way the system is set up. And so what we have to do is when we go to our town meetings and we're talking and we're listening and we're understanding what the town wants to do, whether it's Denver or it's where I live, you've got to say, okay, how is this going to benefit the community and who's going to pay for it? Uh-huh. That's the question. And the paying for it is the freedom versus force. So, hey, we're running a little long on this, but I, I have to tell you, I, I think I, w- I saw this and, and the story and I realized it must have been Steve. Steve was uh, scrambling some eggs one day when his wife walks into the kitchen. Careful, she cries. Careful, you're cooking too many at once. Too many. We need more butter. They're going to stick. Careful now, scramble them again. Hurry up. Are you crazy? Don't forget to salt them. You know you always forget to salt them. Use the salt, the salt. And Stevie turns to his wife. And he says, what is wrong with you? And Steve's wife calmly says, nothing. I just wanted to show you what it feels like when I'm driving and you're in the passenger seat. (laughs) I probably shouldn't do that to you, Steve. That actually wasn't a true story. (laughs) Okay, with that, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. We are going to go through a very important headline. This is Kim Munson, Brad Beckson Studio. We'll be right back. At Hooters, you can watch the games with all your buddies. And when your buddies are the world-famous Hooters girls, there's always plenty of ice-cold beer and those craveable wings that'll knock your taste buds into next Tuesday. Hooters girls know plenty about football, but we really know the fans who live for it. So hang out with all your buddies all season long at Hooters, your official hangout for game day. Catch all the games at Hooters and enjoy a butter Bud Light draft with 10 boneless wings, just $10. Dine for two with the pitcher and nachos, just $20. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. All Americhicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Americhicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at Americhicks.com. That's Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation with Brad Beck. He is uh, one of the co-founders of Liberty Toastmasters. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. And uh, I want to jump into something, uh, freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Force can also be uh, called control. And, uh, and in communism, uh, government owns everything. But in socialism, government controls everything. They can do that via rules, regulations. And so we've seen a socialization or an effort to socialize transportation and uh, education, energy, 
housing and water. And something happened back in 2015 when I was on city council. I saw this this coming down down the pike, and this was uh, some EPA regulations from the Obama administration, and it was called the Waters of the U.S. And what I saw is is what they had determined. The Waters of the U.S. normally would imply uh, waters that ships could go on, you know, where trade would be. But this actually, this these rules and regulations would get to the point where they would actually control the water that was running in front of your house. In fact, when uh, the uh, presentation was made to city council, they they put up a house and they said this would actually uh, control the water in front of this house. It was my house. I said, that is my house that you, this is on the screen here. And so in essence, it could con- th- these rules and regulations would control any water within the United States. Now, it was under... It was done under the guise of we want to make sure that we have clean water. Uh, but in essence, it, uh, it said that any water that would flow into anything that would be navigable, that, that these rules and regulations would apply. Well, it controlled water on farmland. It controlled water uh, for ranchers. It controlled the water in front of our house. I saw big danger in that yesterday. President Trump repealed that. Can you believe that, Brad? That's awesome. You know, when you start to think about, as you laid out this whole case for the waters of America, I don't know anybody who doesn't want clean water. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. The problem you have is who gets to control that water. Now, in Colorado, water is precious. And we have a lot of water law going back from the founding Mm -hmm. because water was rare. And yet, you know, the water in front of your house, the water off your gutters after it rains, still in Colorado, you don't own it. They finally have made some accommodations for people with rain barrels to water their yard and mm-hmm. so forth. But, you know, you start to answer, you start to think about who you're answerable to. Why are they controlling you with water? Well, it's an essential for life. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything else that you have. If you have a government in control of every aspect of your life, you have to ask for permission. And that's a force issue. So when you start looking at water issues, I always look at from a perspective of, Who's getting to make the decision? Mm-hmm. And again, if it's not an elected official that you can say, well, okay, you've got two years or four years in office, I can vote you out, but it's a bureaucrat making these decisions, then that's where you have a problem where government has gotten too big. When government gets involved, typically the price goes up, the supply goes down, and you can see that with water as well. And we are not doing a good job in Colorado as far as looking into the future and building additional reservoirs that we could uh, store water in good good times, and then that way we could use that when we might be going through a drought because we don't definitely go through droughts as well. So this is absolutely huge, though, what President Trump did yesterday. And you just see, you see bureaucrats are going crazy because oh, yeah. he's taken away their power. And uh, it's been just uh, absolutely astounding. So this is really, really good news. And... Um, uh, this is this article. Patty found this. This is from Reuters, and so you can take a look at that. Uh, but it's absolutely, it, it's it's just amazing what has happened. And of course, you're seeing the radical left saying that uh, Trump is rolling back rules and regulations to keep our water clean. It was all about control. It was never about trying to keep water clean uh, because we all want clean water. And and one other thing, I don't know if you realize it, but once all the water that goes down your drain, your toilet, all that. That a lot of that is uh, treated and recycled. About 80% of that water is recycled. It is so creativity, innovation, we can actually uh, uh, you know, go after these problems with that. So, we're uh, we're going to go to Jason McBride. Uh, Jason, how are you doing this morning?
Uh, Jason, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> did you just hear what Steve just did to you? He, he, I think he did it to you, Kim. <laughs> oh, he did it to me. Yeah, uh, I was in on it. You too. Oh, man, you're both grounded. You know it. So, But, hey, let's jump in here. Yesterday we were talking about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and those are not people. Uh, those are actually, those are, <laughs> um, well, explain it again, Jason. You did a good job yesterday. Well, those are uh, uh, government-sponsored entities that buy loans from banks, corporate banks, thrift banks, uh, to give them more room on their books to write more loans. So back in 1992, the government forced, there's that word, forced, uh, them to buy risky loans, and they made it worse in 2007. So what else led up to the meltdown in 2008? Well, by by this point now, Fannie and Freddie were so full up with garbage loans that they just couldn't buy anymore. So there was big fears that the housing market was now just going to fall apart. So Wall Street stepped in, and they basically uh, said, we'll buy any loan that you send us as long as it won't default for 30 days. Uh, That was just enough time. Uh, for for Wall Street to get the loan on their books, package it up into bonds with a bunch of loans in them, and then shove it out the door. Uh, They just didn't want any loans already in default when they shoved it out. So that's when pretty much every lender out there started making loans to anybody, regardless of whether they could pay them or not. So even Wall Street, uh, I can't believe that they thought that was a good deal. Well, it was a good deal for them because they didn't keep the loans on their books either. They packaged them up into bonds as quick as they could, made a whole bunch of fees, and then they unloaded these things onto their clients. Uh, some of the clients were foreign countries. I can't remember, Kim, if it was Sweden or Iceland or Greenland or Norway. Uh, there was one of them. They, they really uh, saturated with these things. But, yeah, they didn't care as long as they could make the big fees and shove these things out the door before they went bad. It was a good deal for them. So, you know, when uh, this report came out that Goldman Sachs was referring to their customers as Muppets, I didn't doubt it for one second. And that's when everything blew up, right? Well, not quite. Uh, The last stage was when Wall Street couldn't unload any more of these loans onto their customers uh, because now they were saturated. So they did the classic mistake of starting to believe their own BS. And they started keeping the loans on their own books. And then they levered up about 30 to 1. Think about that, Kim. You're borrowing 30 times what they're saying a loan is worth when it's a garbage loan in the first place. Uh, So with that ratio, if the price of the loans drops by about 3%, all your equity gets vaporized. And, I, you know, you could put two and two together. The rest is history as far as how the collapse started. And the only thing left to do is to revise the history to make the whole thing Donald Trump's fault, and then they'll be complete. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. He gets blamed for everything and doesn't get credit for anything. <clears throat> Did you hear what we were talking about on the this rolling back this uh, clean uh, waters of the U.S.? I, I, that is absolutely huge, Jason. I, I think that's great. Uh, You know, the government shouldn't be able to use water as a weapon, and I'm quite sure that uh, at some point 
it would have come to that if those rules were left in place. They'd say, I don't like what that Kim Monson's staying on the radio. We'll just shut her water off and, uh, you know, make her die of thirst. That'll take care of it. I know that sounds pretty dire, but ultimately you take a look at Venezuela and some of these other countries, and policy has, is really hurts everyday hardworking people. But Jason McBride, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. Uh, All to, right, to, have a great show. Uh, hold, hold on, on hold, hold on. on. It's before Jason goes... Jason, you need to explain your opening music. Oh, well, that was the uh, theme song from uh, Friday the 13th, <laughs> where the bad guy's name was Jason. He was the guy that wore the hockey mask, so since it's Friday the 13th and I'm Jason coming on to your show, I thought we should have a proper intro. Yeah, but you're not scary, Jason. Oh, Kim, you've seen my face. Now you're just <laughs> lying to your listeners. Hey, Jason Bride, thanks so much. Jason with Presidential Wealth Management. And uh, go to chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Your, uh, all of your information is there, all of your podcasts. And, of course, uh, people can sign up for the great event that you and I are going to be doing on Monday night, Nuts and Bolts. So, Jason, have a great weekend. Thanks, Kim. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we are, are lining up these Liberty Toastmasters North uh, members, and we're going to hear what they have to say. Brad Beck's in studio. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francone with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson. I have in studio Brad Beck. You are going to be the Toastmaster tomorrow at Liberty Toastmasters North. I am. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And uh, we have on the line the president, and that is Hugh Curley. We do. Hugh Curley, welcome. Thank you. Uh, so we've given you some homework. What was the homework, Brad? Well, the homework is the theme for tomorrow, which is freedom versus force. And, you know, Hugh is one of the masters at answering table topics. So I'm looking forward to have having Hugh explain his, uh, his viewpoint on this. Okay, Hugh, let, let's go. What is your, uh, what's your thoughts on freedom versus force? Well, I'd like to take a look at that from a very personal standpoint. I know that when I am given an objective and told to just go do it, I will do anything that is necessary to reach that objective. And that means I'll spend extra time on it. I will get extra people involved. I will do whatever it takes to make that objective become a reality. If I am told that this is how I'm going to do something by force, and 
I will become very restricted into what I will do. I won't put in any effort. I will do exactly what I am told and nothing more, nothing less. And so I find that by force, I restrict, I am restricted to what I will do. But if I'm given the freedom, I will go out and make things happen. And as I look at the United States, whenever we had the freedom to do what we wanted, to a large extent, as long as we didn't infringe on other people's freedoms, we became a very great country. And now as we are being restricted more and more and more by our government and by society, we are actually falling down in uh, the standings in the world. We used to be the best in the education, the best in the medical, the best in longevity, best in productivity, and we're not doing that anymore. So I believe that by having freedom, that we actually encourage people to reach out and become all that they can be. Whereas whenever we start to force people, they become restricted, withdrawn, and do only what they must do. So I believe that freedom allows us to grow and become a great country, become a great person, and reach our full potential. And freedom is actually, as you mentioned, the, the responsible exercise of freedom. And, Hugh, thank you so much. Yes. But just one comment I wanted to, to make on that. Uh, the Denverite just recently reported that Denver's money tree is still growing but slower as Mayor Hancock unveils $1.49 billion, uh, 2020 budget. And uh, so it, it looks like the Denver economy is starting to cool a bit. And I would submit to you because we're starting to see more and more force from both our uh, local and state level. And uh, so we need to be pushing back on that. Hugh Curley, thank you so much. It's great to have you on the line. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you want to introduce our next guest? Well, Russ Farmer is a, a good friend, and he's a good guy, and he is a uh, uh, a man who knows how to speak, and he's always entertaining when he's talking to Toastmasters. So welcome, Russ Farmer. And Russ, what do you think about freedom versus force? It's great to have you here. Uh, well, thank you. Um, and good morning to both of you. Uh, I'm going to take just a little different spin on what you just said. I was thinking of giving a lot of thought to freedom versus force. Um, and as a veteran, military veteran, I think, you know, within the military government or within the military, we have the obligation to protect this country and protect our liberties and freedoms. But then you drill inside of the military itself and you have this drill sergeant. You have these um, commanding officers who um, almost by force or direct people to do certain activities. And I, I, I thought, you know, that's really crazy that uh, here we are, we have this organization that is supporting our liberties and freedom and within that we have all this force factor and after giving more thought to it I realized that that is not the force that really destroys our liberty it's it's the discipline there's a big difference between discipline and force and you look at athletes, you look at again into the military, there's a discipline, there's a structure, 
it's a training, it's drills, it's activities that create teamwork and effectiveness. And we can have discipline within our communities. We can have discipline within our, even within our families as a parent. But as a parent, if you start trying to force your children or as a military officer, you're trying to force your soldiers to do something, you're going to get pushback. And so there's a uh, a mechanism or structure, there's a distinct difference between discipline and force. And I, I think too often times that maybe we uh, can confuse those two, but it's incredibly important that we understand that difference and that uh, we don't lose track of the fact that even within a country that we profess and defend, uh, in many cases unto death, our right to liberty and freedom, that within that protection, there's this discipline uh, that's necessary to optimize our value that we bring to the table in terms of protecting our liberties and freedoms. So I would um, not so much force. I think that there is a symbiotic relationship between liberty and discipline. Wow. And I don't know. Um, so that's my thought for this morning. Russ, that's, and, and I want to say to our listeners, so we've just talked with Hugh, and Hugh Curley and Russ Farmer now, and see how you can take a subject, Brad, and you get all these different thoughts on that. And uh, so it's going to be great. We, we have additional people on the line. Russ Farmer, thank you so much. Thanks, Russ. You're welcome. And thank you, you for your service. Day. Definitely. We have Greg Morrissey on the line. Good morning. How are you, Greg? I'm doing very good. How are you doing this morning? We're doing well. And uh, just very quickly, talking about freedom versus force, you went to a meeting earlier this week in Longmont regarding uh, the, um, what they're doing on the Second Amendment, right? Yes, I did. And um, unfortunately, I spoke in front of the uh, council, but they passed the vote to bring about the new regulations to have these gun locks put on the triggers of our weapons. Well, it's really uh, concerning what's going on in Longmont, but I, I would say that your uh, membership in Liberty Toastmasters helped you <clears throat> helped you prepare to go and speak uh, at Longmont City Council. Typically, you only have three minutes, which that's what we have today, but thank you for doing that, Greg. We really appreciate that. You're welcome, and um, it's good to speak to the people that were there, the people who heard me speak. I got a lot of compliments, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of the, actually a lot of the younger people in the audience see the changes coming too is good to give them hope well great so let's jump in here to our subject freedom versus force what do you have to say about that greg well i found some quotes here i'm going to quote force first then then there's going to be freedom and then i'm going to end up with one of the questions that were asked at the constitutional convention and the first one is force a society that puts equality in the sense of equality of outcome ahead of freedom will end up with neither equality nor freedom The use of force to achieve equality will destroy freedom and the force. Introduced for good purposes will end up in the hands of people to use it to promote their own interests. The next one is freedom. At its heart, economic freedom is about individual autonomy, concerned chiefly with the freedom of choice enjoyed by individuals in acquiring and using economic goods and resources. 
the underlying assumption of those favor economic freedom that is that individuals know their needs, their desires best, and that a self-directed life guided by one's philosophies and priorities rather than those of a government or technocratic elite is the foundation of a fulfilling existence. Independence is a self-respect flow from the ability and responsibility to take care of oneself and one's family and are invaluable contributors to the human dignity and equality. I found those two fascinating. I thought they'd really fit. And then the last one I have here is uh, at the conclusion of the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin was asked, what have you wrought? He answered, a republic, if you can keep it. And see, what I see today is our republic having a huge amount of challenges, and I'm asking all the people to meet those challenges and keep this republic and keep the Constitution. Well, and you did your part on Tuesday night showing up at Longmont City Council. That vote was 4-3, and, uh, and I don't think people quite understand the risk here. Uh, Brad, what would you say to Greg on that? Well, one thing I've seen Greg uh, improve tremendously from when he first started in the club, and, you know, like most new people coming to the club, I think Greg would agree. You know, you're fearful, you're not sure what to do, how to use your hands, how to use your body language, and being somebody from someplace else, you just do have a different uh, take on things. And I've seen Greg grow, and it's evident when he went up in front of a city council. And most people are fearful to take that three minutes and speak from the heart. And Greg did that. And it sounds like you did uh, very well because even young people were coming up to compliment you. So, Greg Morrissey, thank you so much. And uh, so tomorrow you'll be at the meeting, uh, Liberty Toastmasters North. Okay, great. And guests are welcome, right, Greg? Yes, they are. All guests are welcome. Please come, learn, and grow with us. Okay. Greg Morrissey, thank you so much. We're going to go to break. I have in studio with me uh, one of the co-founders of Liberty Toastmasters. And uh, to be able to get your brain around ideas, be able to communicate them, and then also be able to listen to other people, those are the things that you learn at Liberty Toastmasters. So, Brad Beck, it's so great to have you here. Well, thanks, Kim, and it's good to be here with you. Okay. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, more of Liberty Toastmasters. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. This week at the 88 Drive-In, keep your windows rolled up and your vehicles locked because things are about to get creepy. Friday the 13th through Thursday the 19th, see three scary movies for $9. It, It Chapter 2, and Scary Stories. Monday through Thursday, get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot, along with two 16-ounce sodas, all for only $12. Sip on some hot apple cider, along with a sweet, crunchy churro. We're open seven days a week, so get directions now on the 88 Drive-In Facebook page or 88drivein.net. 
Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me, Brad Beck. Good morning, Kim. It's beautiful out. It is gorgeous. We have quite a quite a view of uh, the sun coming up here. We do. And uh, thrilled to have on the line with me, Amy. Is it Oliver? Am I um, pronouncing that correctly? Uh, no, it's Olivier. Olivier. I was wondering if it might be a little more romantic than Oliver. So, Amy, Olivier, welcome. It's great to have you on the line. Yeah, thank thank you for for having me. Um, so, on the topic of freedom versus force, you know, it's so interesting because it's so evident. I think in in any subject. Just last night, I heard uh, one of the Democratic presidential candidates talk about taking the top one-tenth of one percent um, of earners, of course, to guarantee daycare or school to kids under four. Uh, Now, as a single mom, I just got done um, with my youngest child actually finishing his high school journey, and uh, so I have the benefit of hindsight. And it's it's hard uh, raising children, of course, um, and for uh, the full-time uh, daycare or school, um, all of those studies have came out and really show that that is an advantage. I know uh, when I was a single mother, I, I saw that, and I still credit a lot of uh, the successes that my children have had by putting them in, in full-time school at that age. I was fortunate to have them go to uh, Cheyenne Mountain Charter School and Middleton Prep, some great schools here. And, uh, and it's tough you know, when you're um, a single, you know, for any parent, um, and especially for someone like me who was a single parent, uh, you know, my transportation was often shaky. Um, there's no transportation there. Um, you know, you're getting calls about their uniforms and things like that at the time. But it was something that I really wanted. And I had to look at the effort that was put in versus the, the ROI that, that you get back. And as, as Hugh had mentioned, when, you're, when you really want something, put in that effort, and, um, and it makes you thirst for it, versus having the, the force of, of having it mandated is, is just one take that you can take from that. And then the force of taking the top one-tenth of one percent in taxes from people that have rightfully earned that money. Um, I mean, that's that's just incomprehensible to me. And they say that because they know their audience isn't going to, the majority of their audience isn't going to relate to that. So it's the principle of taking people's earned money again, rather than say offering a tax credit or advantages um, to businesses and schools coming together in in a meaningful collaboration is just, um, just spells out to me a true difference in ideology between freedom and force just on that one issue. And then again, of course, taking away the freedom of parents being able to choose um, how they like to educate their child and what that looks like. I mean, that's just one example of one statement of something they said that I just fundamentally disagree with and I think really points out the difference, um, again, in ideology of freedom versus source or I'm sorry, freedom versus force and um, the free market versus basically socialistic ideas. Very good. You know, one of the things that uh, you bring out, Amy, that I, I, I love about your perspective is you're bringing a perspective about these folks all have ideas, but they haven't asked us, would this be a good idea? 
And so, you know, when your perspective of talking about being a mom and making choices, and then you realize you're, you're probably not at the top one, one percent. And, you know, when people start to say, well, we're going to take it from somebody else and give it to you. And you're saying, well, wait a minute, how is that fair? Somebody's worked really hard. I want to work like that person. And so Amy's perspective is just incredible because I bet any of those candidates up on that stage last night were not thinking from that perspective. Well, Amy, thank you so much. I really appreciate your perspective on that and your thoughtfulness as well. So, Amy, thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to jump over here. Alex Winkler is on the line. Alex, welcome. Hey, how are you? We know him as skinny. I I know. (laughs) And uh, so, Alex, uh, what is your thoughts on freedom versus force? Well, one of my favorite people that talked about this uh, and and put it in a in a way that made it very very clear um, was Pendulette. Pendulette's a pretty famous dude, uh, a great communicator, and he said something to the order. I'm gonna you know paraphrase here, but you know, would you use a gun to force someone to do something? Uh, because at the end of the day, government has a monopoly on force, and, and we give them that because we want you know, law enforcement to be able to force people to do it you know, and enforce the laws. So it does make sense that government has a monopoly on force, but then the question is, how often should they use that force? Because at the end of the day, uh, government has the legal use of a gun to force you do, to do things, um, and, and rightfully so in some cases. But then you've got to ask yourself a question. Would you, you know, stop someone from hurting someone else with a gun? Would you point a gun at them and say, hey, stop, don't do that? Well, yeah, that seems logical. Stop someone from being murdered. Maybe even stop someone from stealing their, you know, stealing property, things like that, right? But then you got to say, would you point a gun at someone and say, you will contribute to build this library? Ah, wait a minute. I don't know. But we're using public funds to build libraries, and we'll build... So that's a test that we can often use to say, hey, is force warranted here? Um, and it's a test that I like to use, and I, get, I come back to it. And I think that a lot of people, they don't mind so many regulations, if regulations make sense and they're for safety and whatnot, but then it's the hypocrisy. Like recently, um, there's a lot of permits that you have to pull to do certain things in my business. I'm in the event business. But then I do events. I help the government put on events. And I say, well, these permits that you have to get. Um, uh, and then I was told recently by a Denver City Council person um, or someone on their staff, uh, we don't have to get those permits because, you know, yeah, we're the government. <laughs> and I was just blown away. I said, why are you making everybody else get the permits? Why isn't, it coming out of, why isn't the cost of that permit coming out of your, you know, campaign fund and whatnot, um, just like it would come out of a business that wants to put on a similar event? It's, it's really the hypocrisy that really upsets people. Our rulers often don't want to live by the same rules that they make for us. Yeah. Well, hey, Skinny, this was really, really good. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention, though, when we talk about law enforcement, I've always wondered how we moved from, uh, it used to be peace officers, keeping the peace, to law enforcement. But it is very important that every law, every ordinance, every rule, every regulation, every law 
can pass the, the, the muster of the U.S. Constitution and also the vision of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal and they have these, this right of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And so we, if we have instituted laws that do not honor that, then we need to actually, we probably need to re-elect or elect different people, but we need to roll back this administrative state that you were just talking about as well, Skinny. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I can't wait. Like, we're, we're uh, deregulating. There's a lot of deregulations happening right now at the Trump administration. And you mentioned one today. That's a huge one. I almost never hear that. We always hear about the new laws, new laws, new laws. And we don't hear about the deregulation. So I'm tickled pink to hear about these giant regulations that are being pampered back. And, and you know, because usually what happens is, and this is what we don't want, right? We, um, we regulate, 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 and then you have a tyrannical society. And then what happens? You have a bloody revolution. And then you have to hit a restart button. And, you know, obviously there's lives lost and, and it's, it's, you know. We, we don't want to get there. That's why we <laughs> right. are in the battle of ideas. So, Alex Winkler, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Great to talk with you guys. Okay. Thanks. And that's actually a great teaser for Monday morning because Susan Kochevar, small business owner, uh, uh, one of my value partners, she's the owner of 88 Drive-In Theater, she's going to be on. We're going to be talking about a number of the rules and regulations that President Trump and his administration has been uh, rolling back, which has been good for business. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that President Trump and this administration doesn't get credit for is all the things that they're doing to make it easier for Americans to live their lives. The proper role of government is to protect equal individual natural rights, to leave us alone, to pursue our happiness. And if we're going to be really the we, the people, we need to stand up and say, you know what, this is important. We need to back this. We need to talk about it. And in the idea, in the arena of ideas, rolling back many of these regulations is going to make us much, much freer. Well, and that is for sure. And I think we may have very quickly, do we have one other? Um, Liberty Toastmasters North? We're going to have to probably give her, uh, I don't know, I don't think that we're going to be able to do it. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so we're just about out of time. Oh, Suzanne. Hey, Sue, we're going to give you about 30 seconds, okay? <laughs> oh, sure. So freedom versus force. Uh, well, you know, freedom is one of my favorite seven-letter words, Kim, and let's define it. It's the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. It also represents the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. And a person has the freedom to do things that will not, in theory or in practice, be prevented by other forces. Um, I believe freedom to be one of the most important words in our Constitution. And um, we can be reminded of President Abraham Lincoln when he uh, issued the executive order on January 1 of 1863 regarding the Emancipation Proclamation, which changed the federal legal status of more than three and a half million enslaved African Americans in the designated areas of the South from slavery to freedom. Um, I don't know what else you want to hear from me this morning, but force obviously represents uh, that would be against people's wills. And I don't think this government um, wants to, uh, you know, uh, do that to anyone who's a who's a citizen in our country. We want to work together to give us all the freedom we deserve to enjoy here in the United States. Uh, 
Sue Pratt, that was awesome. I know that was really quick. We're getting jammed up near the close here. So Sue Pratt, sure. Liberty, Toastmasters North, thank you so much. Brad Beck, thank you for being here. And tomorrow, Liberty, Toastmasters North meets in Longmont. And uh, so we are at the end of the show here. And our quote is from Jack Welch. He said, giving people self-confidence is by far the most important thing that I can do because then they will act. Great to have you here, Brad. Thanks, Kim. Okay, so today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.